0: fuzz club we're talking about Mono Lords, no comfort today uh i have a little bit of a cold so i'm going to keep my talking to a minimum but
1: let's do some quick introductions and we'll dive into it pat you want to lead us off yeah sure i'm um, pat from monster uh you're home to everything stoner rock and doom um new articles up every friday so come read about some stoner rock
2: I'm Eddie from Lords of the Opium Church and The Endless. Ox. This is Randy, and I'm Chris from
3: the band Ox. Blake.
4: I'm Blake from IWAS. And Chris, our special guest today.
5: I'm uh, Chris. <laughs> i play guitars and stay dead.
0: Right on. So, we're talking about No Comfort, and this was released in 2019. Uh, I believe it was their first release on relapse. So maybe it was kind of a big album. They maybe got a bigger push from that. I think maybe they were on, uh, was it Riding easy before that? I think so. So a little bit of a turning point for them maybe. Um, But how'd everyone feel about it? Is it new to some people? I know some people are huge Monolord fans. Some people are not. It seems to be one of those bands where you're kind of love them or don't really listen to them. So I think it was an interesting one to kind of dive into and listen
1: to all the way through. So any thoughts on that? It was it was new for me. I had I I think I've grown a lot as a listener over the last couple of years and this is one of those bands that I listened to originally and kind of wrote them off. And so when we decided on this album, I kind of groaned a little bit. But then I realized I'm an idiot and this (laughs) album is amazing. And so now I'm like carefully going through the rest of the Monolord catalog uh, to catch up. Yeah. How do you you think it compares to some of the other stuff that you have heard so far
0: and and diving into it, not being a fan originally or as much of a fan?
1: I'm just like disappointed in myself. It's kind of like, you know, if there was ever like an (laughs) author that you kind of skipped over in high school. And then you like read them in adulthood, and you're just like, ah, shit. (laughs) Um, I so I went back and listened to Your Time to Shine. I really like that. Uh, I started listening to Rust, which I think Blake you had recommended a while back. Yes, uh, like that as well. Um, But I I keep coming back to to No Comfort um, because it's uh, it's a really solid record yeah, I was kind of in the same boat as
0: you. I, I I knew them. I listened to some of their stuff. I listened to Rust. I've heard this album before. Your Time to Shine actually kind of blew me away last year. I was a big fan of it. I thought it was really good. Um, but I wasn't a huge fan. So like taking the time to listen to this album like 10 times over, at least. Um, I found more and more mm-hmm. stuff to like about Mono Lord and and this album in particular.
2: Blake is, is the,
0: the big monolord fan. How do you think it compares to some of their other stuff? Was this was a, a big album for, for you? I
4: I mean, I don't know if I'm the big Monolord fan. You got Chris over there. <laughs> okay. um, but uh, I mean this is so this is my my favorite album by one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Um I think this is Mono Lord. This and your time to shine are, are Monolord I think at their most adventurous um Possibly at their most interesting. Um, and definitely, I think, especially with No Comfort, willing to take the most chances. Um, so for me, this is an album that I just, I really, really respect a lot. Uh, on top of that, it also just has fucking killer songs. Uh, you know, you, you can't, I, I think if you at, at all like even, you know, this this kind of area of uh, of underground music, um, you're going to find something that you like in this album. Um, it also is, uh, for me, kind of cool because based on my ear, at least, uh, Thomas, uh, the vocalist and guitarist, is using an HM2 as opposed to a fuzz pedal like he was earlier on. Um, so you have a little bit different guitar tone. Um, you can really hear the wide range of that, especially on Larva. Where he uses both Fuzz and an HM2 based on what I'm hearing. Um, so, you know, in there's a lot to a lot to love here. Yeah.
0: I also want to point out that we have two Chris's now. We have Chris with a K and we have Chris from state <laughs> then. So I think you're you're
4: both Monolore fans though, if I if I'm
5: I can change my name to Bob, if you need me to.
4: Okay.
3: <laughs> just just for the next thirty minutes. Okay. <laughs> so so this album came out on the day that Randy and I started a uh, East Coast, Halifax, Nova Scotia trip. Actually, it was a trek all around Nova Scotia. Five-day road trip. Came out the day of, I was expecting it to come out. So it was like unwrapping a Christmas present on Christmas morning. Because it was like, we're going to be in the car for five days. And I get to really explore this album over and over again. So Randy uh, became a Mono Lord fan during that week. Because I had listened to it about 15 times. No exaggeration. During that week, from front to back, <clears throat> and it was it was amazing. Like from front to back, I like all their stuff. Like there's nothing of their stuff I don't like. And actually, there's no one album I like better than the other. I think for me, I was telling Blake this earlier. It's like their catalog is one long album to me, and there's no low points. So I, I'm an enormous, massive, huge Metallica fan.
0: So someone that's been there for a long time as a fan, I I guess for me, Rust was always the one that stood out as like kind of their big album. Maybe it was just the album art just seemed like more like iconic or something. But for someone that kind of was there since the beginning, how did this album feel when it came out? Was it different? Was it a big jump in value, production value or like um, being on relapse or or the songs, the writing? Was anything just like that stood out about this album when you were kind of going it, living through it I
3: guess it's a bit it's a bit less aggressive um a bit less the 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 tones are a little bit warmer and and uh, fatter I guess um earlier on they have a, a little bit more of an aggressive it's not aggressive though it's just like a, a bit of a harder inch to it where I found uh, this album has it takes its time and it has like uh some mellower moments that are really interesting and and kind of have a bit more dimension to them maybe, but mm. it really doesn't ve- veer too far. Uh, and you know I don't like it better than than the other stuff or any worse. It's just slightly different. Maybe a bit to me it sounds a bit fuzzier. I don't I know Blake said it's an HM2, but I thought it sounded a bit warmer.
4: I hear I hear that that chainsaw on immediately, I think HM2. So I mean especially you hear it on Larva more than anything else, I think. Um, <clears throat> that's where it really stands out i I think going off of what you were saying, what I think the difference is is before no comfort Mono Lord was at times i don't want to say two, but they were very relentless in terms of their their sonic approach, um you know, especially if you take like Empress Rising and put it next to no Comfort, like empress Rising is just brutal in comparison um, I mean they're both very heavy albums. But No Comfort has a maturity and a songwriting approach to it that I think is uh, shows Bam that's really growing and, and not willing to just rest on their laurels. It still sounds very much like you can tell right away it's Mono Lord, um, but I think this is their most unique album.
0: Chris from uh, from Stay Dead, what, what do you think? I I talked to you that's a little so bit uh, a day or two ago, so. A little bit about Mono Lord. I know you're a fan. What were your your thoughts on No Comfort?
5: specifically? Yeah, I think um, this album of all of theirs seems to be the most like Sabbath influenced. You know, it's got like each song is kind of like that journey. You know, from one end to the other. You got your ten minute songs and your four minute songs kind of sprinkled in. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like this one they took a lot more time to to put it together and write it um it is definitely more like adventurous you know it's easy to write just a a hammer you know hammered down record it's it's tough to write um like like said a musically mature record yeah Yeah. you can tell that they they definitely took their time with this one
0: i don't i don't know their material before this like super well or any of their material Mm -hmm. for that matter i guess but there were definitely parts of this like lyrically and sonically there was like acoustic parts there was heavy parts there's yeah. so much going on to it and that's really what i liked about your time to shine too i felt like it was yeah. just like they just yeah. explored a, more things they just <laughs> were very it's creative a, with it. it's a
5: band you can you can watch their progress and it's starting to happen like quickly now so it's yeah. pretty cool
0: so uh when i was thinking about this album as far as like if there are any weak spots we we talk about that on here a lot and i know nope.
2: I knew I knew I an answer, at least one of you would say no. Are no <laughs> um,
0: but I, I I wanted to ask about like the length of songs. And while I was listening to it, like larva and no comfort, but even I think maybe more specifically larva in particular, like to me it was the length of that song where I was like, does this need to be a nine-minute song? Yeah, it could have yes. been a six minute song or something. If <laughs> there were any weak spots for me, I'd be like, You can just make that a six minute song, that'd be great, and I'd be happy with it.
2: Um, the, the only weak spot that I found was, um, I found the opener, The Bastard Song, was a little bit repetitive to be as an opener song. And, uh, and if they had to come out with like Skyward, something that was pretty more in your face, it would have been marked more of appealing to me, I guess, so, it's still a good song, though.
3: Yeah. Sky? I, I also I was, get... I was going to say, Skyward's Rules. I love that opening of that song so much, too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In
3: the highlight. Oh, yeah. I
1: I, I also, uh, Eddie, get intimidated a little bit by, like, if, I, if I'm if i looking at the, the track length before I listen and I see it opens and closes with, like, a nine and a half minute song and an eleven minute song. I'm just kind of like, oh man, I'm in for a ride. But I, uh, I feel like the bastard sun kind of eases you in a little bit, and uh, I, I liked it as a, for me
4: personally, as an opener.
1: Blake, your thoughts on the
0: length of songs?
4: <laughs> I mean. I didn't know that I was talking to a bunch of fourth graders with ADHD. Blake,
1: Blake, when was the last time you wrote a song that wasn't ten minutes? Let's start there.
4: Hey, I've written for the next album. I have two eight-minute songs. (laughs) So,
2: thank you. I'm used to the long, long songs too. With the endless we write love, like. Six to nine minute songs, and you'll get the hair that when the album's out.
0: <laughs> well, I felt like like no comfort. I feel like goes in a few different directions. So like the ten minute as a closer, I was like, okay, I get it. And especially the people that like this type of music are totally cool with ten minute songs. But I felt like like Larva was a little bit repetitive. Where I was like, this could have probably just been six minutes, and it would have been fine. No, <laughs> you,
4: you completely lose. So it, it's a it's it's a sonic odyssey. It's an onslaught. Yep. You know, like it's they're taking you on a, on a sonic journey and you're supposed to, I mean, the general rule would be a smoke a bowl, lean back and just go along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and or, or
3: conversely, sort of like conversely, yeah, go on a long car ride, like yeah, pretty, going long drive music. Ride. Yeah. Which is yeah. You know how we got to enjoy it the first time.
4: It's it's uh, I think that the length of the songs allow them to stretch out as songwriters. Um, and it also allows the listener to stretch out as well um, and really start to see different things going on, uh, to see the layers, to see the, the small changes to get, you know, when he switches guitar tones on Larva, it's very, very noticeable and impactful right away. Yeah. Um, and I don't think you get some of those... Moments of oh, he just changed the tone of his guitar. Uh, if it's not a ten-minute song, Interesting. Um, and that—that's one of my favorite parts of that song. One of my favorite parts of the album um, is that kind of heavy breakdown where he just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but I to think, that same I,
4: point, I, I think that alone was it called
0: alone together. Is yeah. was one of my favorite songs, and I think also one of the shortest. And I was like, well, that song could have been like eight, nine minutes, and it would have made plenty of sense because there were some different parts in that so you're
4: the most frustrating person i know all
0: right any other weak spots aside from uh me nitpicking at the length of songs
4: that's a decent nitpick though ultimately if you're gonna nitpick and you'd be like you could have been like i don't like this song and you're just like a couple of songs were too long i'll take that well, I knew that they would be long because it's Mono lord and it's it's this type of music
0: and stuff and I don't I didn't necessarily have a problem with it being long, but I was like a few of these I just feel like could have been shorter and a couple maybe could have been longer. I don't know. But uh anyway. What are the, what are some of the high points? What, what were some of the, the favorite moments on this?
5: I think that length of song thing, sorry, I didn't mean to come back to that, but um I feel like that's something that other musicians can uh appreciate more than the regular listener, you know like Blake saying like I don't know that the the regular listener w- would be able to point out like oh you know he just went from an HM2 to you know going back to a fuzz like I don't know that other people noticed that but for other musicians like this is the first band honest to god that I could listen to a 10 minute song
0: yeah i i i I will say that there was plenty of long songs here where i would mm-hmm. i i didn't i wasn't bored i mean i wasn't bored by it i just felt like if, if I were to find a weak spot in it, maybe, I don't know. But regardless. You know.
6: I'm I'm definitely probably on the much newer side of a, a monolord fan. And 2019, like he said, this album was um, <clears throat> incessantly playing in my ears. Um, I've now realized when I think about that trip, I did the majority of the driving and you did a lot of the enjoying. Sure and I can see where ten minute songs were really great for his enjoyment value. Um, but on my side of things, um, we came to uh, really appreciate their sounds. and uh, it was it was a very um, for a heavy stoner doom type band type music. it was it was very comforting to for that drive and for that experience and for our little journey that we were on. and uh, that kind of sealed the deal for me being a fan and handling 10 11 minute songs because i probably do have adhd and anything past three and a half minutes i'm like can we please move on we need something <laughs> happening so yeah. uh definitely a fan of Monolord from there and then when we saw them in march of 2021 was this year oh, 22 yeah. anywho in detroit that was that was the killer point for me where I became like a true fan, not just a I'm listening because he's listening. That the live was where I really, really took it all in and became a fan.
3: Cool. Yeah, I have to be kind of um, picky in the stuff that i I choose. like I Randy's not a big fan of guttural vocals or anything that screamed too much. and the the nice thing for me for monologues is, is the vocals are almost all melodic and very like sonorous and very like easy to listen to. And, and they, almost, they like, are yeah, like very much like the, the planet caravan t- timbre, like that kind of warbling, like uh, Leslie speaker sound, which I just love. I can't get enough of it.
0: Let's talk about the vocals a little bit uh, in this album, maybe in particular, but some criticism that I've read online is that they're still like too far back. It sounds like he's singing from another room. Um, but I feel like it adds kind of like this peacefulness to this already very yeah. heavy, yeah. slow, sludgy music. And it adds like this kind of balance to it or something. I, I actually really enjoy Thomas's vocals. I do sometimes wish they were like a little bit further up, maybe a little bit louder. But I think for the most part, they're, they it balances everything out really well. So any thoughts on the
3: vocals on there?
6: You nailed it for me. You just said it all. Yeah,
3: <laughs> he's probably he's probably my my top three vocalists like in the modern you know doom uh, landscape. Yeah, it's it's
0: interesting. It's it's different. I mean, there's a lot of bands that approach doom and just low and slow stuff very similarly. And I feel like his approach to the vocals, at least, <laughs> is is at least unique. And it it, it turns someone like me that is not always into it, into a model lord fan,
2: I think. Yeah, yeah I I, like when,
4: I, go ahead, Eddie.
2: I was gonna say I like when the when the vocals are like not the main po- focal point of a song. They're just meant to accompany and make the song better. And coming in different sections, they let the music speak for itself in different sections. And there's like lots of pretty parts in the clean guitars and everything, and so it all fits well together.
4: Yeah, I mean it's it's another instrument in the mix. It's, yeah. it's kind of how I've I've always approached Mono Lords vocals, and I think that I, I do something similar. I think there are a lot of bands that do do that kind of approach. Partially because of Mono Lord, um, because you know I don't know what it is about you know the the vocals. I mean, he has a very distinct voice. I don't think there's any any trying to um attempt to, to sound like him per se but the the production of it and the mixing and the engineering and everything like that has definitely been often imitated. You know? I feel like
0: there's a lot of bands like this that put their vocals a little bit quieter, further back in the mix and it's just because they're not confident enough or maybe they're not even a good enough singer. But that's that's clearly not the case here. Like, he clearly has the chops. He's a really talented guy. He has a a solo album that he sings on. I mean, he plays bass, he plays guitar, he sings. That's clearly not what's happening. I mean, he, they, they do it very purposely, I'm assuming.
5: Yeah. I think it's a, it's about that, that musical journey and just, you know, letting the instruments be the forefront and sort of take you on that journey and mixing the vocals in just like another instrument. It's just, it almost complements the, the other instruments rather than rides over the top. Like a lot of, other recordings,
0: right? Any other favorite moments from this album?
3: I think, like Eddie said, there the the intro to um, to Skywards is like when it hits that when it finally breaks into that, um, that you know that riff. I guess it just every time I hear it, it makes me want to like move my head like this, you know, and do like this face. and i just like if i'm in my car by myself it's almost at full blast if not at full blast like it's just it has to be played loud to really that's because you're deaf i am so deaf yeah (laughs) absolutely but uh but yeah that that to me that that song that especially that opening riff just blows me away no matter how many times i hear it favorite tracks anybody
5: Think it's all about the blech on larva. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it makes me want to like eat this camera right here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because, like, we, we saw Fire Breather uh, open up for Mono <clears throat> And I, when I think of Fire Breather or like High on Fire or one of those bands, I feel like you're in the middle of the battle and like there's people all around you with swords or shields or axes. Where I feel like Mono Lord, you have a, a bird's eye view of the battle, or you're in space, you know, flying through planets or something. But it's it's very open and expansive feeling and, and wide yeah. open. Where, where some bands, like you're right in the middle of a cacophony of of stuff. Yes, I, so yeah, I, I love that, that wide but... open floating feeling that you get when you. Get
0: yeah, a it's star. a good way to explain it. Yeah.
6: I do promise he has not taken anything. to Create <laughs> that kind of. Description.
5: I was just going to ask. Not that
4: I
6: let you know about it. He's
4: on DMT right now.
6: <laughs> he should be. It would be a. You, better have, a, you like, have a pet
5: toad by your by your side.
1: So, uh,
0: to to some of our resident Monolord fans, um, I didn't know this. Maybe this is common knowledge, but when I was doing a little bit of research for for this, uh, I found that. Thomas and Esben were already in a band, and MonoLord was a side project of that band. Are you aware of this? I did read that. So it's called Marulk mm-hmm. and uh, I, I just wanted to share the the album cover here so people see it and know what I'm yeah. talking about. Um, this was their band, and it's like um, they described it as like boogie rock, and it sounded very like boogie stoner rock to me. And I actually, I really enjoyed it. It was really oh, good. It was that. it was way better than I was expecting. And then Esben and Thomas oh, formed Monolord as a side project. So I wasn't cool. sure how common that, well, it was not easy to find a lot of information about the band, but I found it and listened to it. It was great, I thought.
3: I'm getting like physical graffiti kind of like vibes from that cover. See, it's I was getting like CCR different.
4: vibes. It doesn't.
1: Yeah. It's not. It doesn't yeah.
0: sound like CCR or anything like that necessarily. But it's just very like, just rock and roll, and it, it's, it's interesting.
5: It's very Tom Petty. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I will. Definitely so it's really kind of a,
4: a Tom Petty meets Zeppelin
0: yeah,
3: meets CCR.
0: <laughs> so I guess if 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 people don't know that, go check it out. I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting. A uh, little fun fact for for Mono Lord and. Obviously it's not something they talk about very often, but I thought it was I thought it was good. Not something they should necessarily hide. Ryan, what year would it this would this have been? Um I didn't I didn't write that down, but um 20, yeah, I can't, 2010. I can't 2010.
3: 2010,
5: yeah. yeah. I think that Monolord first release was twenty thirteen, right? Okay. I think. I could be wrong about that.
3: Thomas
0: also played bass in another band. Um, called like debacle or something like that I don't remember what it was called but it's the stuff that I didn't know I wasn't sure how, how much people knew about him
5: here's here's a fun fact if you ask Thomas to put it solo on your record he won't do it
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> he'll say the, the, nope.
4: does he just say no <laughs>
5: <laughs> through Esben he says uh, I respectfully decline
3: <laughs> that's funny what he do, you do uh, harmonies, I wonder? Welcome.
6: <laughs> 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 You're probably going to get a pretty
3: similar answer. Espen plays on other people's albums, though, right? A
5: lot, yeah. He actually does a lot of session drumming. Oh. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, you know what? I never noticed. I never noticed that. Yeah, because I don't have this album uh, on anything but digital, so I've never actually noticed that the, that's the amazing. space shuttle's at the top. The there. Space shuttle. Man, that's really that's cool. Yeah, That's really cool. That's amazing. I
0: always cool. just assumed that this was a photograph that they manipulated with the, the rocket and the owl and stuff. It's actually whoa, an oil whoa, painting whoa. Uh, oh, really? by, the, by the guy named no. Alexander Seth I believe. What? I probably said that wrong, but yeah. it's an oil painting by Alexander Seth That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's cool. Awesome. That photo <laughs> 100% yeah, I just, that always photo. assumed that it was a manipulated photo, but it's, a, it's an incredible oil painting, apparently.
6: I honestly just thought it was an owl. I saw nothing but an owl. Oh, my god. <laughs>
0: Mono Lord has a, a way of picking out pretty interesting artwork for their their albums. I feel like, wow, oh, yeah, definitely. They're, they're very yeah. artistic about it. I mean, you know, the rust cover, mm-hmm. the No Comfort cover, Your Time to Shine cover—all very like not typical metal album covers. They're very artistic.
4: Yeah, Ryan, as, as the as Mister Art guy, like, what what do you think? What do you think their their art says about them as a band?
0: Well, I I've, I started thinking about it when they released Your Time to Shine, and it was like they're they're clearly like approaching this heavy music from a much more like artistic perspective than most do. It's not like skulls and blood, and and it's just like they they're they're very artistic about the band, and they're very conscious of the image. And I I talked to Thomas a little bit about it on the podcast that he was on. And he he basically said as much as well like yeah we we take the image seriously, um. I don't remember what else I was going to say about that, but um, but yeah, they it's definitely conscious. Um, they definitely pay attention to it. And I think lyrically it's kind of the similar thing where it's like they they're not just talking about you know violence and and war and that kind of stuff like they have a very like beautiful approach to writing lyrics and a very like artistic way of approaching lyrics and i think it just kind of like helps sum up monolord really
3: thomas has a really solid melodic sense as well like he his vocal melodies are are really amazing actually Mm -hmm. and and um you know i i've been hugely influenced by him since i first heard it his stuff so I, i really enjoy it
0: it's all very you know it's all very bleak and dark but it, it's it's not said in like this very obvious way it's said in a very like creative artistic way and yeah
3: it's, it's very like most of his stuff's very minor but when this album came out a lot of the uh comments were that it was it was actually a very major sounding album had a very kind of people were calling it hopeful do yeah yeah <laughs>
4: Well, it's interesting. So I I saw them, I think it was on the the first American tour to support this album. It it would have been winter of 2018, 2019, so right around the time it came out. Um, And they were very different back then, like live, uh, both as people and as musicians. Like, I've met them a couple times now, and they're much uh, less shy, I guess I would say, Um, which might just come from getting older and more experienced. Um, but even their, their stage presence, I felt like it's really changed a lot since then. You know, it's 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 kind of like uh, Chris slash Bob uh, was saying, um, you know, that this is a band that, that is just evolving very, very
3: fast. That's interesting. It's, um, the, the bass player is, is it Mika or Micah?
4: Mika, yeah, yeah.
3: Mika has a great stage presence. He, I find he's like the kind of... The guy to watch on stage he's bouncing around and jumping around like crazy and he wears like, like these bright colored like hawaiian shirts and stuff and yeah i've seen really-
0: like, this one in- video of him in particular shared multiple times on instagram and it's like him just like crushing it and just like has so much energy and it's a fucking badass video of him just killing it on
3: stage yeah he has an arsenal of bass pedals too which are, just sound phenomenal So should we talk about lyrics a little
0: bit? I I touched on it just a tad about uh, kind of the artisticness of the lyrics and how they're bleak and dark, but also very beautiful. And they're very abstract. So like in the last few episodes, I took some of the lyrics and we did a little uh, like finish the lyric game. And it was very easy to do that because I could take a word out and put something funny in. And I found that it was much more difficult to do on this one. However, I did it. So who's who's ready to guess the lyric? <laughs> passing blank, dead inside. Don't you go wandering with that bright view of life. Passing faces, passing gas, <laughs> passing the ball, passing bodies. Dead inside.
6: Well, it's got to be A, but I'm it's
3: too bad. It's not B.
6: Though. Too bad it's not B. That that's more me at work. <laughs> <laughs> I work in a factory. It's okay. It smells bad there. Because of you? Because of me.
0: (laughs) It
3: is
2: faces. From
0: the blank inside to the surface of lies controlled by the device they find (laughs) peace and demise. From the feelings inside, from the truth inside, from the sickness inside, from the double penetration inside. Oh, man.
6: You know where I want to go with this one. Really? <laughs> the truth. It's the truth. This
5: just became a very different show, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> Always does about this time. Yeah,
6: This yeah. is Randy's bread and butter right here. <laughs> it's, it's truth. Damn it, sickness.
4: From
0: a sickness. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you play with that blank, my friend. We will collide, no patience, I won't abide. Don't you play with that nerd over there, my friend. Don't you play with that heart. Don't you play with that nutsack? Don't you play with that hand, my friend.
6: It might not be clean. Um, heart. 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 Is it-
0: Blake, you're awfully quiet. Do you know these lyrics or no? Yeah, I know almost all these. Oh, do you? Okay.
6: It's heart. I don't know them at all. It's hand. Damn it. Hand on the nutsack. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait.
0: The marrow is filled with blank and all the terror for you and me were buried in the-, <laughs> <laughs> the... marrow is filled with man. Yeah. The marrow is filled with horror. <laughs> the marrow is filled with a spongy substance and blood cells mostly. Mostly. The mirror is filled with blood.
6: I can't answer. Jesus. I'd like to say I'm a lady, but...
0: Uh, Any thoughts? Any guesses? B. I'll go with B.
6: B. It's B. Woo. I
0: think that was the last one. That was great. But in, in all seriousness, the lyrics are really actually very great on this album and and I'm assuming in in most Mono Lord songs as well. I was impressed.
5: Super poetic
0: yes. Yeah,
4: they're they're very poetic. Yeah.
5: In a non-nerdy way. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> or in the most nerdy way. Yeah.
5: <laughs> but I
0: think it's very monolord. I mean like nothing is kind of typical about them. Like their their sound is unique, their art is unique, their lyrics are unique. They're not typical as far as some of this heavy music goes.
3: Did Thomas ever say why where the name the band name came from?
0: I didn't play? ask. No, he didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure.
4: They were all very sick and wanted to play doom. I wondered, yeah.
0: Any other thoughts on No Comfort?
6: It is very comforting. Great fucking album,
2: man. Yeah.
5: Ironically, it is a very comforting record.
2: Yeah.
4: True. That's like a Xanax for the soul.
5: (laughs) And again, it's all about the. That's been quiet today.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. No, great record. Um, uh, I, like I said at the top, pleasantly surprised and happy to to discover Monolord again.
2: Any thoughts on to... where
0: it falls within their catalog? I know, I think we, we talked about it just a, a tad, but um, where does it rank in your Monolord rankings?
3: That's a huge thing. I don't know. I'd have to put it in the top, depending on the day, the top two or three. Some days it's number one. Some days number
4: two. Yeah, most days it's number one for me. Sometimes it's two. I'm Emperor's Rising.
3: Empress
4: Rising is amazing. They're all really? they're all so good. Yeah,
6: you have to mm-hmm. rate it. You're on a desert uh, island.
3: My desert island. I board
0: think board. I know Emperor's Rising the least out of all their
4: their albums. Honestly, too. it's great. It's the most unlike your taste.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I didn't give much. It's to-
4: nothing but really heavy. Slow, long songs.
3: Yeah, (laughs) and the guitar tone is a bit more mid-range peaked. I find yeah, so it's a bit a bit of a more in your face guitar tone. Mm
1: -hmm. Empress Rising opens with a twelve-minute song, and then it has a seven an a half, an eight and a half, and eight and a quarter, and a ten-minute song. Yeah, and then it's over.
4: That's my kind of album.
5: Exactly. It's a little funny.
1: It's a little short for your taste, Blake.
5: Bring plenty of weed (laughs) and popcorn, and you'll be fine. (laughs) I think this one's a—it's like the perfect prelude to your time to shine, though, because it really—it's showing that journey how they're—they're just getting so good musically. Yeah, like I said, I love your time to shine. Mm
0: -hmm. Me, that's—that's my favorite. I, you know, I don't arguable if it's best or not or whatever. But as far as my tastes go, I think it's probably my favorite. And no comfort is is definitely you know, on, on the, on that direction. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? We'll go around and we'll tell everybody what you're up to. And uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Pat, you want to lead us off?
1: Yeah. Um, so always new stuff over on monster. If um, the next podcast episode is with Tony Reed, of Moss Generator, and then the uh, Monster Rift top albums of the year will be coming out later this month.
0: Mm-hmm. Betty?
2: George um, Logan mm-hmm. got a show coming up this Saturday uh, at the Starlight Room for a Christmas event. Um, I'm still plugging away at the albums. So. Cool.
0: Box? Uh,
3: we just did an in studio uh, recording for a YouTube channel called uh, Ryefield Studios. So that'll be coming out on the 16th of December. On the 15th of December, we have a show with uh, Indian Handcrafts and a band called Grieber, which is going to be a blast. Our first time playing with Indian Handcrafts, or so our, our local buddies who kick who ass. Yeah. And, uh, they, have,
6: they have a beer collab coming oh yeah, out with true. a brewery in Massachusetts, which is pretty interesting since we're in Barrie, Ontario, Canada. But they're called Bone Up Brewing. And they're coming up to release a beer collaboration with what they say is their favorite band, which is Indian Handcraft. So that's actually pretty uh, trippy. And when I looked them up, I saw that they had done some other yeah. things for, was it Ripple? I'm trying to remember now. But anyways, they did some other collaborations for like Ripple Music or some sort of little beer festy thing they did with another record label. Not, you know, It seemed pretty neat.
3: Cool. And then we have um, our tour starting in January, so I'm pumped about that. Sons of Arrakis uh, will be coming here for four dates, um, and then we're going to Montreal, or to Quebec actually, for four dates in March, um, and then some some dates. So yeah, January, February, March is going to be busy for us. Hopefully, recording a video in, in February as well. Right so on. busy, busy,
4: busy. Bye. Uh, I got a gig in a few hours. We're doing an improv set, so that should be interesting. <clears throat> um, the album is uh, mixed and essentially mastered, and I hope to have some uh, news about it in the coming weeks. Very cool. Chris?
5: We're just wrapping up our second and third singles right now with Esben. actually. Yeah, yeah <laughs> um, we didn't
0: really talk about that too much. but uh, No, it's okay.
5: I got into it last night. I didn't want to be repetitive, but... Yeah. Yeah, we're just wrapping up those two, trying to get our shit together and do some um some more visual stuff, get some uh video stuff done. Um the second one's pretty much done. We're waiting on Jeff Matz is doing a guitar solo on it, so we're um we're waiting on him, but he's on tour right now until next week, the end of next week.
0: Did you say you have so, a name for the upcoming album or no? Uh
5: no, it's we're just we're gonna drop three singles first and then we're gonna go in and I mean we've been working on an EP for a while. Okay, but um, we're kind of rewriting it, and I want to take more time with it. I don't want to rush it. So yeah, know. these are just leading up to the EP, which will probably be like around March. Where
3: are you guys based at?
5: We're in Tampa, Florida, but we're we're a studio band, so my um, our drummer is in Washington DC area, um, and then the other guys are sprinkled around Florida down here.
3: So you don't have any snow to deal with, like us.
5: No, thank I God. Oh, God. I was up there for a long time. I grew up up there, but i no. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't miss it. Not in Canada. Up in oh, uh, 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 Connecticut, New Jersey. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I don't miss the snow at all.
0: All right. Well, the uh, the next Buzz Club will be our Best of 2022 episode. So everyone, go check that out when it comes, and uh, go check out Mono Lords No Comfort. See you later.